1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: He's not like the other priests. And verse 16 tells us that we can come to his throne of grace with confidence, boldness, without reservation, confident that he understands and he can help us with our sins and with our problems, confident that we will find mercy and grace to help in our time of need, not judgment and condemnation and shame mercy, grace, in our time of need.
1: Come boldly to the throne of grace. In today's message from Pastor Dan, he encourages you to enter the throne room of the Lord with boldness and assurance. When you've received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you're able to call the Lord, Abba. This is an intimate calling because the Hebrew word means daddy. Pastor Dan invites you to come to the Lord like you would with your dad, with the boldness and assurance knowing that you're loved. He desires to hear all of your cares. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, the the purpose of a priest, the purpose of a priest in, in, in the Bible was to act as a go-between. To act as a go-between or a mediator between man and God. Why? Because God is holy. God is a holy God. And we are sinful, every one of us. So we we can't just come to God on our own because He's holy, we're sinful. The Bible says our sin separates us from God. And and so we, we need a mediator. And so a person can't just come to God on their own because of our sin, right? We all sin, we all fall short. Uh, God is holy, he's pure, he's righteous. We, we, can't just, we can't just come into God's presence on our own. We, we need a go-between. We need someone to stand between us and God and act as a mediator between, uh, between the, the two of us. The priest, the priest under the, the law, the priest, mediates between man and God. And the way that the priest mediated between man as God and God is the priest offered sacrifices, substitutionary sacrifices to atone for man's sin and to make it possible for sinful man to come into the presence of a holy, righteous God. The priest makes blood sacrifices to give man uh, access God and under the law and this is what he's kind of referring to here in Hebrews uh, under the law the high priest entered the holy of holies where the presence of God dwelt in the temple he entered the holy of holies one day a year on the day of atonement to to atone for the sins of of the people and so one day a year the day of atonement the high priest who descended from Aaron, part of this Levitical priesthood, he would go with the blood of a sacrifice into the Holy of Holies to atone. He'd sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat where we find mercy from God and sprinkle the blood, apply the blood to the mercy seat to atone for the sins of all the people of the nation. And so now your sins are atoned for until you sin again. Then you need more atonement. So honestly, how long do you think you can make it, right? Right? From the, from the day of atonement until when? When you need atonement again. You know, the evening, maybe. You know, the next morning, if you're really, really holy and spiritual. Right? But look what it says here. He's telling us Jesus is a better high priest because Jesus, as our great high priest, doesn't enter into the holy of holies of the temple. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 tells us Jesus has entered into heaven. On our behalf. Not the Holy of Holies. He goes into the true Holy of Holies. He enters into heaven. The true Holy of Holies. Into the presence of God. To atone for our sins. And to intercede for us. And when he goes into heaven. Into the presence of God. The true Holy of Holies. He doesn't enter into the presence of God. With the blood of an animal. He enters with his own precious blood. And he interposes his own precious blood for our sins. He's a better high priest. If you uh, turn over to Hebrews chapter 9. uh, Hebrews chapter 9 verse uh, uh, 11. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. With the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. The tabernacle or temple he goes into is not the temple made with hands. It is a greater and more perfect tabernacle because it's heaven and it's the actual presence of God. And he goes into that greater and more perfect tabernacle that's not made with hands. And it says in verse 12, and he goes in, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Eternal redemption. Remember the day of atonement? Your sins are atoned for until you sin again. and you need atonement again. Jesus has gone into the true holy of holies, heaven, into the presence of God, not with the blood of, of calves or animals. He's gone in with his own precious blood, and he provides eternal redemption. Once and for all, his blood is applied for our sins and for our sins that we've done in the past, for our sins that we're struggling with now, and our sins that we're going to do this afternoon and tomorrow, next week, and next month, and next year. All of our sins he's atoned for through his shed blood on the cross, and he's now provided eternal redemption. We don't need to come back every day of atonement. We don't need to come back tomorrow and make another sacrifice for our sins because we sinned again. It's eternal redemption. It's a it's a better high priest. It's a, it's a better system for dealing with our sin. Now go back to chapter four. Look again at verse 15. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Verse 15 tells us Jesus experienced, you know, a full, uh, the, the full range of temptations that we face During his life on the earth. And yet he was without sin. He didn't give in to those temptations. And he tells us this to comfort us. It should comfort us knowing that Jesus Christ can sympathize with you. And the temptations that you face in life. He knows how difficult it is. He understands how hard it is. And and sometimes uh, people, people think they need to hide from God because of their sin. They don't want God to find out. What they're struggling with, and what, what this is telling us here is that no matter how big your problems are, no matter how bad your sin is, you have a high priest who is big enough to deal with them, and you can come to him with your sins, and you can come to him with your struggles under the Levitical system. I and mean, you've, you've read the Gospels. How did the priest treat sinners? What do they say about Jesus? He eats with sinners. Doesn't he know what this woman does? How does he allow her to touch him? She's a sinner. Everybody knows she's a sinner. Well, look at the next verse. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. See, he he understands, he can sympathize with our struggles, with our sin, with the decisions we've made, the mistakes we've made, the bad decisions, all of it. He understands, and he's big enough to deal with our sin. We don't need to be ashamed to come to him. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. He's not like the other priests. And verse 16 tells us that we can come to his throne of grace with confidence. Boldness, without reservation. Confident that he understands and he can help us with our sins and with our problems. Confident that we will find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Not judgment and condemnation and shame. Mercy. Grace. In our time of need. He's a better high priest. Now look over in chapter 5. Chapter 5 of Hebrews goes on. Just same verse one, for every high priest taken from among men. So this is talking about the Levitical priesthood. They're taken from men, from the family of Aaron. Uh, for every priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he, the priest, is required, as for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifices for sins. You know what it's saying here? It's saying the priests under the Levitical system, they're just men. And they're sinners. Just like you and me. They themselves had to offer sacrifices for their own sin before they could help anyone with their sin and act as a mediator for someone else. They had to atone for their own sin first. In other words, those priests, they're no better than you. <laughs> and you're going to go to them so that they can go to God on your behalf? They're just like you. Have, have you ever been in a situation where maybe you kind of thought highly about someone uh, and had like this high view of them and, and you come to the realization, well, this is just a, a flawed human being, just like me. They're no better than me. I remember this was years ago. I had, this, uh, I had this thing on my arm that I had to have surgically removed. Uh, and I went to just my family doctor, and he said, you yeah, know, I can refer you out to a surgeon, but you have to go to consultation. It's going to take a couple of appointments. And you have to go back to him. I said, I can just do it here in my office if you'd like, save you a couple appointments. And I thought, sure, yeah, great. You're a doctor. You know how to do everything, right? Uh, so he starts doing this procedure. I'm not kidding you. He starts cutting on my arm and says, "Oh, that's not what you want to hear when you're laying on a table." And and I'm and have you ever like have you ever started doing something like a repair on like your car or on your plumbing at your house and you realize like you've taken everything apart and suddenly you realize I don't really know what I'm doing and I'm not and you're just fumbling through it now. That was like this minor surgical procedure. It was so obvious. This guy is just cutting. And, you know, like, well, I'll try this now. And, and you know, I, n- I never thought the guy didn't know what he was doing until he well, didn't know what he was doing.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: We're here with these priests, these priests that they esteem and honor, right, that they give the best seats uh, at the banquets and they greet them in the marketplace, Rabbi, Rabbi, and all that kind of stuff, right, who have the long flowing robes and the phylacteries that are really big and, you know, everybody thinks, you know, they're just sinners. They've got to atone for their own sin first before they can help you with your sin, right? Remember when Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and scribes, you will not even see heaven? The audience is thinking, Pharisees, they're like the most righteous people, aren't they? No. They're just sinners. See, Jesus, though, Jesus is is a better high priest because he was without sin. She said, so we, we, can, we can come to Jesus boldly, seeking mercy and grace and help in our time of need for our sin, and he is someone who was tempted in every way. He totally understands whatever your temptation is, whatever your struggle, he, he gets it. He's been there, but he came through it without sin. Don't you want to go to someone like that? Someone who faced the exact same thing that you're facing and succeeded and came through it victoriously than somebody who crashed and burned just like you? What help are they? He's a better high priest. Now, again, the the objection in the mind of the Hebrews, because this is written to the Hebrews, the objection in their mind is how can Jesus be the high priest since he's not from the tribe of Levi? And the answer is found in the next section, Hebrews 5, verse 4. And no man takes this honor to himself, the honor of being priest or high priest, But he who is called by God, just as Aaron was, so also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest. But it was he who said to him, you are my son today, I have begotten you. And he also said in another place, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Christ, just like Aaron, was also chosen and called by God. But he is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek, not the order of Levi. It's a different lineage. He's a priest from a different lineage. Now look down in verse 10. Verse 10. He was called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Different order, different lineage, different from the line of Aaron. Now look over in chapter 7. Chapter 7. Here in chapter 7, Melchizedek's position is explained in chapter 7. Chapter 7, the writer of Hebrews reviews Abraham's encounter with Melchizedek that we've read in chapter 14 of Genesis. So chapter 7, verse 1, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all he tithed, first being translated king of righteousness, that's what Melchizedek means, and then also King of Salem, meaning king of peace. He's Now look what it says. He's without father. He's without mother. He's without genealogy. That's why he's not Shem. Having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Now the Levitical priesthood was hereditary. It was, you descended from Aaron, but no genealogy is given from Melchizedek anywhere in the Bible. In Genesis 14, as we read, he just kind of appears to Abraham out of nowhere. He ministers to Abraham, and then he disappears again, and he's gone for a thousand years, and then he's mentioned again in Psalm 110. And that's it. In the Old Testament, there's nothing said about his lineage or his family, nothing said about his birth or his death. And so as far as the biblical record is concerned, he's without father, he's without mother, he's without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of of life. And what he's saying is that those things aren't recorded anywhere in the Bible. So in a sense, Melchizedek is like the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is eternal. Jesus Christ has no beginning. Jesus Christ has no end. He has no father, no mother, no lineage because he's divine. He's God who became flesh. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 9, 6, he's the everlasting father. Colossians 1, 17, he is before all things, meaning He's eternal. He's the one who was in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became flesh. Revelation 1.8. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. The one who is and who was and who is to come. The almighty. Now, those who believe that Melchizedek was indeed Jesus Christ, they point to verse 3 as further proof that his identity is Christ. And they say that this is saying Melchizedek was literally without father-mother genealogy or beginning or end because he was, he was Jesus. Or, if you don't hold that view, it could be just saying that those things aren't recorded about Melchizedek, so in a sense, he is like Jesus Christ. He's a picture. He's a type of Christ. And he remains a priest continually. He remains a priest forever. Jesus Christ remains in heaven If you think about it, just as the Levitical priests would go into the Holy of Holies that one day of the the year to atone for sins, as we've seen in Hebrews, Jesus Christ, our great high priest, has gone into the greater tabernacle. He's gone into the true Holy of Holies. He has entered into the presence of God, and he hasn't come out. He has stayed in the Holy of Holies. The Levitical priests would go in, apply the blood, and get out. Especially because they feared that God would strike them dead if they had any hidden sin in their life. So you went in, you got the job done, and you got out. Our great high priest has gone in to the Holy of Holies in heaven and stayed there. Remember I said your sins are atoned for under the old system until you sin again, and then you need another atonement. And our great high priest has gone into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. And he has stayed there in his presence. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. Our great high priest is still in the Holy of Holies, still interceding for us, still acting as our our mediator. Applying his blood to our sin. Tomorrow when you sin, the high priest, he's in the Holy of Holies. Applying the blood. Next week, Next month, next year, your great high priest is in the Holy of Holies, applying the blood, interceding for you and for me. He's a better high priest. He's a better high priest. Look down in verse, I love verse 4. Now consider how great this man was. To whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. He tithed to Melchizedek. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is, from the brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham, people used to tithe to the priests at the temple. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them, from the Levites, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Melchizedek is a type or a picture of Jesus Christ. Some say he is Jesus Christ. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. The lesser is blessed by the better, by the greater. Jesus, as our great high priest, he blesses us. He blesses those who come to him by faith. Jesus is the one, he's the mediator between us and God, and God and us. We we go to God through Jesus Christ, and God comes to us through Jesus Christ. And God blesses us through Jesus Christ. He's the one who bestows the blessings of God on us he's the mediator between man and god first Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 there there is one god and one mediator between god and men the man christ jesus the one mediator jesus said no one comes to the father but through me there's only one high priest by which we can come to god by which we have access and he's a high priest Forever. He's an eternal high priest who provides eternal redemption. He's in heaven right now interceding for us. He's able to bestow the blessings of God upon us. And in your struggles in life and in your problems in your life and your fight against sin, Jesus is the priest you need. He's the priest you need. Jesus is the one that you and I need to go to for help. And there's no one better than Jesus.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how He interacts and intercedes with those He's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, CalvaryEC.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together, after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, We'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that
3: Takes.